Everybody, welcome back to the Seven Innings Podcast as we finish up the bracket for the greatest collegiate slugger in softball history. Thanks so much for your help getting us through the first round. We are going to advance through the bracket now, second round, quarters, semis, and the finals. So at the end of the day today, we will have the greatest college slugger of all time, according to our, uh, our great panel that we have here, Beth Mowens, Michelle Smith, Holly Rowe, Amanda Scarborough, Jessica Mendoza, Jen Schroeder, Jenny Dalton-Hill, Caleb Bro, and behind the scenes, our cast of characters, Kim, the PR superstar, Buzz Lightyear, Jersey Meg with us today, as is J-Mac, and all the glory to Jory, and Lean Mean Justine. Thanks. Uh, Bailey is with us today as well, doing a lot of the work behind the scenes. So let's jump right in. We're going to start out with the Dottie Hinson bracket, gang. And uh, through the first round, we have Lauren Chamberlain, Jesse Harper, Kelly Kretschmann, and Kati Mauga, who have all advanced to the second round. So we're going to let Jess, JDH, and Bro take over for us and share their thoughts and their votes on this one. Who's moving on? Yes? I got, I got Chamberlain. I mean, and this is, it's tough because Harper has yet to finish her career. And five years from now, we can have a very different conversation. But you have to give it to the winner, the queen, that is Chamberlain. And for the next bracket, or the next, or is it just this one? Sure, go ahead. I have, uh, I have Kelly Crutchman moving on um, past Katiana Maga. Uh, Jess, I had Chamberlain too. I think what set her apart was she meant something in the 2013 World Series. It was her best season, and she made a statement in the Champ Series to win that for OU. And uh, I'm going to go with you as well. Um, I moved on Chamberlain, and I also – uh, moved on Kelly Crutchman because Shocker. I think she was, I know, I'm such a homer, right? <laughs> we all are. Uh, no, I think what was different for me was Kelly Crutchman laid the foundation. We talked about that last week where I think Katiana Malga is one of the other great Arizona hitters where Kelly Crutchman made a difference for the whole Southeastern Conference. Wait, can I mention one thing on Kelly? Because I didn't say is she is, I think, only one of three to hit 400 uh, score 300 runs and have 100 stolen bases. Um, oh, and no, 300 hits, 200 runs, 100 stolen bases. And I think it just tells you not only a slugger, foundation in Alabama, but she was so consistent with speed, doubles, triples, all of it. Can I play devil's advocate? I have a quick question for you guys. I was wondering if you are swayed at all by Kelly Kretschmann pro career, what she's done after and in the Olympics. Like, is it, have you been really strict with yourselves about putting on the blinders of just her Alabama career? That is hard to do, Holly. And to be honest, when you look at a lot of these names that we're going to get into, it's very difficult to do, especially if you've played with some of these athletes. I really try to pull up all of their numbers. And I played at the same time as Kelly. I remember playing against Alabama in Georgia. We were at a tournament. And no offense to Alabama, but at the time, that was like an easy win. And all of a sudden, Kelly Crutchman showed up. She was four for four. She made a diving catch in center. I was so blown away by that hitter. I needed to know her name, and I went and found it out. And so that, to me, was like – that was her in college, even though I got to play with her after. Okay, so I'm going to actually play devil's advocate and really challenge what we are talking about here because while Kelly Crutchman is an amazing all-around player and an amazing hitter, we're talking about the greatest slugger 
of all time. So in that first matchup of Lauren Chamberlain and Jesse Harper, yeah, Harper is chasing that home run number, but Chamberlain has a higher batting average than her. She has um, higher slugging percentage. So for me, that is a no-brainer. It's Lauren Chamberlain moving on. So I'm going to actually go against you guys, though, in that lower bracket with the Kati Maka and the Kelly Crutchman. I am blown away by the athleticism of Kelly Crutchman, but when I look at the comparison, when we talk about slugger, Kati has better slugger numbers. So I look at that, she and Crutchman beats her in batting average, but Malga beats her in slugging percentage. So slugging percentage and home run numbers, Malga wins it. So for me, if we're truly just talking about greatest slugger of all time, I have to eliminate what kind of a player she was in the field because she was a game changer and definitely put Alabama into a different realm. But Malga, to me, a better slugger. So I'm going to go with Malga in that matchup. What if Crutchman went to Arizona? <laughs> um, then I'd have to just flip a coin. No, I really still think it's You may the not have been a four-year starter, Jenny. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So it comes, but to me, it comes down to slugger. And if we're just talking slugger, the power numbers for Malga speak higher of what she was able to bring. We're going to move Lauren Chamberlain on, gang. She was an 8-0 winner. Uh, and then, of course, we'll have to revisit this after Jesse Harper's career if she puts up amazing numbers and does incredible things next year. But I do want to uh, allow us to chime in a little bit more on the Kretschmann versus Malga vote. It's a close one. Keep in mind, too, Kati Malga is still the Pac-12 home run queen. More than Nuvi, more than Espy, more than all the greats in Pac-12 history. But then you look at the SEC record book, and it's amazing how much Kelly Crutchman there in the orange is still in the record books in so many different categories. She was the first superstar in the league. She still has scored more runs than anybody in history and and put up impressive home run and RBI numbers. Um, I, I actually lean towards Kelly in this one. I have a quick question for you guys. I'm curious because this was a really hard one for me. I feel like I'm obsessed with Kelly Kretschmann, but I voted for Katiana Malga. And the reason I did was because I thought she was a better hitter. I think Kretschmann, we love her for her all around play and grit, but I also did factor in that I thought Malga faced better pitching in her career. Do you think that's fair because Kelly Kretschmann was at the inception of the SEC, and I don't think that that was the level of pitching that we see now in that league or that Katiana Malga had to face at, in Arizona when she was playing against Pac-12 pitching. So I'm just curious if anyone factored that in or if you think I'm crazy. Sweet, that was, was, that, was that white ball as well? Uh, no. <laughs> no. But, Come on. Kretschmann, not that old. I do have to say, and Holly, I agree with you. I, I thought that it was Malga with the, the 92 home runs, as you mentioned, that she's still the Pac-12 um, home run leader. A- a- and strength of schedule, pitching. Um, yeah, Kelly Kretschmann, if she would have played in Arizona, maybe with the altitude and the thinner air, she would have had more home runs as well. She was playing in the humid and hot southeast, so, you know, the ball maybe doesn't fly as much. Um, but for me, it definitely I- – I thought it was Malga based on slugging percentage, home runs hit – and, of course, she's doing that in the Pac-12 at that time, which probably had superior pitching as well. So that was just my view on it. And I played with Kelly. I love Kelly. Um, if we were talking about after the collegiate career, maybe it would have gone differently. I'm, I'm Holly, kind of, I, oh, I, I just say, I agree, though, that the SEC, I faced the SEC teams at that time. They weren't very good. But I would put Kelly up against 
anybody. And that's just knowing the kind of hitter that she was. But I agree because I think that's a great point. The Pac-12 was – they were the queens. They were the best pitchers in all of the country. SEC was not. And I feel like that's a perfect point. If I didn't know Kelly, the type of hitter she was, no, there was no pitcher she couldn't hit. And so I think that no matter what the time was, Kelly Crutch went through rake. And Beth, there was another statistic I looked at when we were going into this is I looked at the walks because a pitcher is going to respect the bigger hitter and not give them as many good pitches to hit. And be in that Malga Kretschmann matchup, Malga had 158 walks. Kretschmann was only walked. Um, oh, I wasn't even able to find it in terms of, I didn't look it up, but so I brought up a point I could. I bet she's up there, Jenny. But I bet I'm, she's up there. Yeah. Honestly, I bet she's over 100 because she, I mean, she walked. At, and they were intimidated because no offense to Alabama's team at that time, she was it. So mm-hmm. they, they pitched around her. Yeah, I think I think the one thing that, that Kati was missing was a trip to the World Series, right? I, I don't know if she, she was able to help those Arizona teams get there. It's a, it's a dead heat, three to three. The other two votes um, led us to the Rhodes House gang. Kelly Kretschmann is moving on, uh, the uh, the player that Pat Murphy has often said, it's the player that built the Rhodes House and really got that program going. So Lauren Chamberlain and Kelly Kretschmann are on to the quarterfinals and uh, they will be in the uh, championship round of the Dottie Hinson bracket. Let's move on to Betty Spaghetti right now. Uh, Laura Espinosa, Jessica Mendoza, Jenny Dalton, and Jesse Warren. I'm not, did we, did we, are we allowing them to vote for themselves, gang? I forgot to ask on that, but um, Amanda. Can we get mad at the person that made the bracket and put me against Laura Espinosa? Can I just put that out there? That is so ridiculous. That this was the hardest random draw. Total random draw. Is that you or your husband speaking, by the way? I think he's still mad at me from last week. Uh, Amanda, Holly, and Smitty. Uh, Amanda, take it away. You guys are leading this one. You guys, I am sweating. I've been thinking about having to talk about this bracket since I woke up this morning and got J-Max email. Um, but I'm just going to go for it. So uh, Laura Espinosa, the one seed, I mean, she's a one seed for a reason. And Jess, I look at your number of <laughs> players, stolen bases, but Laura Espinosa had 315 RBIs. Jess still had an incredible 188 RBIs. And Espinosa had 85 home runs. So when we're talking about slugger, power numbers, I went with Espinosa. And then for JDH versus Jesse Warren, um, I feel, again, I'm, like, still sweating about this and, like, just not feeling comfortable. But I picked JDH, so I just feel so bad that I picked JDH and not Jess because I'm a pleaser. Um, but JDH, most RBIs ever uh, in the NCAA career. I just two na- or three national championships. Like I got to give it to her. You're you're good, Amanda. I, I voted the same. <laughs> Amanda, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, very tough decisions all the way around. Um, if we've been thinking about uh, the fastest players ever uh, hitting for average, I would have definitely gone with um, with Jess played with Jess, uh, learned just from watching her and, and her swing. So, and that's what, what great athletes do is they learn from each other. But I think with Espinosa, she still holds the record for 37 home runs in a season. And again, that was with a, 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 in a time and an era where the ball wasn't as lively, but more importantly, the bats, the bats weren't even close to the same technology as they are nowadays. So I had to give it to her. And then, um, <laughs> and then Jenny, I apologize. I got to go with Warren only because she has 83 home runs. Um, so, but, um, 
and I know with the, with the RBIs, for me, there's a lot of great four average hitters that drive people in. And so when you think slugger, for me, I was thinking the long ball, the ability to put the ball over the fence. And in that, um, right, I did go with Jesse Warren. Although having said that, I, you know, I did try to weigh in a little bit. We're talking Pac-12 versus maybe ACC pitching. So it was a little bit up in the air. But if I would have been picking on who are my favorite announcers, I would have gone with, with Jesse Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Had to go with the hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, I got you. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, this was the worst bracket in the history of brackets, Beth. I'm so mad at you because this was an impossible It was impossible. So, um, Jessica was a four-time first-team All-American. But one of the things that put me over the edge to vote for Espinoza was that Jess herself said that she thought Espinoza was a great player. Jess, her senior year, had 14 home runs, and Laura Espinoza played at Arizona 92 to 95, two-time national champion, three-time All-American, and had an NCAA record, 37 home runs, and 128 RBI in a season. So I went with Espinoza. And are we doing the other bracket now, too? Should I talk about my Jenny Dalton heel now? Please, please, throw out some love. Okay, so bear with me. Bear with me because I went to the video. I went to the videotape. Jess, you, we need more good college highlights for you on YouTube, by the way, because I tried to find them. So here's Jenny Dalton Hill. I just wanted you guys to remember her swing and how powerful and how good she was. Here's some Jenny Dalton Hill highlights for you because I never got to see her play live. And so I wanted to see, look at that swing. That is so cool. <laughs> look at that swing. I did try to find some of yours, Jess, but they didn't have good Stanfords on um, YouTube. So Jenny Dalton Hill hit 469 with 25 home runs, 109 runs. She was a triple crown winner for batting average home runs and runs batted in in her senior season. And Jessie Warren, as wonderful as she was and as much as we love her, um, her batting average was not nearly as high as Jenny Dalton Hill. So I'm trying to find my Jessie Warren numbers here. But I went, oh, Jessie Warren, FSU and ACC record holder, 83 career home runs, 273 RBI. But Jenny Dalton Hill with um, more home runs in her senior season, a higher batting average, and more national championships. By a smidgen, Jenny Dalton Hill. I was trying to set up some drama. This is all about drama. I I was thinking we'd get a Mendoza JDH head-to-head. Um, and then we'd have like a hit off, like we'd go in our back, like yes! on horse, yes! like yes. I'd go hit one over the fence and then she'd have to hit one over the fence. And if she didn't, then she'd lose. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Can we just have that? Can we just have that? Doesn't even matter that you guys don't yeah. match up in the bracket. I think everyone does. I think everyone does it. I think Holly. She's That's how we settle this. Who did you yes. guys vote for? I'm I'm going to the history books on this one. Just a just a refresher. Was that from the World Series, by the way? That video, Columbus, Georgia, 1996. Holly Rowe. Um, there was Arizona captured the crown with a win over Washington. The series evolved into the Jenny Dalton show. I don't know who wrote this, but that's what they said. Uh, the Arizona senior went four for six, two home runs, eight walks, five RBI, and a series record seven runs scored. The capper. Not a one run, not a two run, but a three run blast in the final. I voted JDH on that one. All right, are we ready to move on? Any any other comments? Who did Jessica and Jamie Dalton Hill vote for? We need to know. The I voted for Laura Espinoza, hands down. I didn't even have myself the dancing pass for Ron Nelson, so <laughs> <laughs> I had Espinoza over Nelson, but I. Had- 
Um, but I, I mean, honestly, I watched Laura, I watched Jenny play. Like I, wa I watched these when this was in when I was young, middle school, high school, young, like very formative years for me. And I would emulate Espinosa's swing. And I had never seen the ball come off the bat. And, and to best point, and Smitty's point, it wasn't a composite bat. Like you had to have real legit bat speed. And I just blown away by Espinosa. I honestly, like, and I'm not trying, I'm not even in the same ballpark when it comes to just pure power. And while I would want Jess on my team, I would want her hitting in front of me, behind me, no matter where it was. I also know how much Laura and I struggled through college as we played together. And um, if I don't vote for her, I'm afraid she might beat me up. So <laughs> I went that round um, because we did. We were not besties in college. We struggled because we were each other's competition. And so oh, I, I love that to playing. She and I actually talked last night because I said, look, this is going to come out and you're going to hear like who I vote for and why I vote for them. And I need you to know that I respect who you are and what you, how you played, but you made me better because I had to hit in front of you. And so, um, so cool. I did vote for Laura um, out of fear a little bit too. So, uh, and then I remembered the words of your husband, Jess, and I voted for myself over Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I voted for you too, but it was a no-brainer. No offense to Jesse Warren. Oh, man, you will be, you'll be a number one seed when the all-modesty bracket comes out. Uh, <laughs> you will not be in our all-fighters bracket. Uh, but let me let me just clarify, So, because we're going to talk about Leah Bratz later. Um, for a couple of years there, it was you, Espinosa, Bratz, three, four, five right. in the lineup? Holy. Yes, and I was afraid of both of them. <laughs> 1995, 37 home runs, 28 home runs, 21 home runs. Those are three, four, five headers. Yeah. And there were games. Telehold and, and, uh, O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah. No, no. Um, the, the first slapper, Allison Johnson. Allison Johnson. Yeah. Was that one before the composite bats? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. So that's a lot of home runs with, the, with the different technology. Oh, yeah. 37. Yeah. Yeah, if you can find those games on uh, YouTube, folks, check out the big swingers, the big boppers in in the uh, 90s. Impressive to see. Uh, it was a close one, but Laura Espinosa will move on, uh, and, and it was not a close one for JDH. She advances as well. So it will be Espinosa and Dalton in the Betty Spaghetti region final. How about the Marla Hooch region? Sierra Romero, Caitlin Cochran, Sam Finley, and Stacy Chambers, will this be a big moment for uh, Go Blue of Michigan? Shro, Jess, and Holly going to lead the uh, conversation on this one. Shro, take it away with Romero and Cochran. You know, I have been quiet the entire podcast, which is abnormal for me, but it's been an anticipation of this bracket because when I look at all of them, I really think this Marla Hooch bracket is the most competitive and evenly matched. So you're looking at Sierra Romero and Katie Cochran, who are each the best hitters in their program histories. And then you look at Sam Finley and Stacey Chambers, who both had massive moments at the World Series, like Holly harped on last week so much. So for me, I take Sierra Romero over Cochran. And truly, it came down to she was player of the year. She has the triple crown in the Big Ten. 
I also played around the same generation as all four of these girls. So beyond just looking at stats, I remember how they made me feel when they were in the box. And so I definitely weighed that in. <laughs> to me, Sierra Romero was just a star. She was a star who could change the game with one swing, and she was that person in the lineup. So I take her. And then down below, Sam Finley, Stacey Chambers. Uh, this is tough for me because my freshman year at the World Series, the first time NCAA went to a three-game series, Sam Finley single-handedly beat my Bruins and me, right? So that it makes you feel a certain way. However, CeCe Chambers with 87 home runs, and if we truly look at slugging numbers, I have to take her over Sam Finley, and I really I think it's unbiased, but I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of animosity towards Sam Finley still. I don't know. So I take Sierra Romero and Sam Finley for those specific reasons. Holly, what do you think? So I love what you said, Jen, because I really believe that that feeling. And every single time I saw Sierra Romero on the field, I felt like she was the best player on the field. Obviously, with 82 career home runs, 305 RBI. And her senior season, uh, or um, in 2016, she was the National Player of the Year, hit 451. I really believe Stacey, or excuse me, Sierra Romero moves on. And then I think that Sam Finley had an amazing World Series. She'll be remembered forever. But I just think that Stacey Chambers had more of a career as a slugger. Obviously started 189 career games, all-time home run leader in the NCAA for a period Um in that season, and then four home runs in the Women's College World Series, three in the Champ Series. So I give it to Stacey Chambers, won more national championships, and just had more of an all-around um, consistent career. I had, um, like both of you, I had Romero over Katie Cochran, and what you both just said. Um, I, I do have to mention one number, though, even though, to me, Romero was about swag. I felt like that was the first time, by the way, because we were in the booth, Smitty, Holly, Beth, we used the word swag when Sierra Romero came up to bat. And I just felt like that was when that, what you saw in baseball, you saw in men's sports, you saw it in Sierra. And I had never really seen that just total, like, pitch me wherever. Mm-hmm. I'm going deep. The one number, 1.466 OPS. It's on base plus slugging. Just to put that in perspective, Babe, Babe Ruth was a 1.16, 300 points higher than Babe Ruth. When it came to intimidation, they were walking her and slugging percentage. So that just puts in perspective how great of a hitter she was. I also had Chambers over Finley. What did it for me was Finley's down years. This is your career. Her, her sophomore year and her junior year, she had combined 20 home runs. And I just felt like, to me, she was great her freshman year, phenomenal. Senior year, picked it back up. But Chambers, I mean, she had that sophomore year with 31 home runs, and she did it over her career. Can I have full disclosure, and maybe Jen Schroeder will appreciate this, but I gave catchers, like if there, it was a tie, I gave the catcher a little bit more love because I think it's really hard to catch an entire game and be bent down on your legs and then have to stand up in the box and have power through your legs. So I, I gave the catchers a little bit of an edge because I appreciate what they're doing. I think it's really hard physically. Oh, I love that. I mean, and not just physically, too. It, we really are mentally involved in every single play, right? It's very hard to turn it on and turn it off and just be involved because it's always about other people. It's always about our pitcher or defense. And then all of a sudden you step in the box and it's about you. And it's tough to kind of switch from that team over self to, okay, how do I help my team? At, you know, I don't know, mindset, it's difficult. So, Holly, I appreciate that. 
What, what is it physically, Jen, about that transition? I mean, what, uh, what hurts during a game that may, that may be special to a catcher as you're coming to the plate or in your swing? Or Yeah, no, for me it was about legs, knees, and back too, really. Because when you're trying, especially like Stacey Chambers is tall, right? And I'm six foot, so you're trying to create this very small zone for your pitcher. You're trying to be tiny, and just your back is throbbing, and – Truly, I, I don't want to complain because I loved the position that I played, but there's just so much wear and tear. And, and beyond physically, it's that that mental piece where when you're at the World Series and you're trying to take care of your pitcher and there's all the energy that's around you and then all of a sudden you're in a quiet box. It's a, it's a tough switch mentally to just be able to transition back and forth, back and forth, and to be expected to perform at a high level on both sides of the ball. All right, the votes are in, and uh, we have a couple of winners. Sierra Romero, a 6-2 winner, moving on over Caitlin Cochran. And Stacy Chambers, impressive, 7-1, the winner over Sam Finley. So there is your mark. Who voted for Finley? I need to know. Raise your hand. Who was it? It's me. It's fine. <laughs> I might have, that might have been, like, the first memory I had really watching the World Series, so it just stuck with me. I just – it's cool. Not, not that this helps at all, but of course that was the first year of the champ series and UCLA did win game one. So I know. There was still a one game final. I do know that. Can we just have a whole episode about 2005? <laughs> no. I'm sure we will. Coming up in May, you might even be able to watch that game again on uh, on a television near you. More to come. How about the all the way May bracket? Uh, Stacy Newman, Shelby Pendley, Kristen Rivera and Leah Bratz. And this is uh, Smitty, Bro, and Amanda going to lead the charge on this one. Who's moving on here, bro? Yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to go with the Newman first. I think what was so impressive to me looking at uh, Stacey Newman's stats, and this was kind of fun for me because I really didn't get to see her play or don't have much experience getting to watch her, but was how many records she broke in her career, UCLA wrote records, national records, and then she would beat them her following year. So she set a bunch of records in UCLA her freshman year, and then boom, the next year she like broke them all. Uh, so I think that's what was, it was impressive when you have that target on your back and you continue to get better. And especially when you have UCLA across your chest at that time, it means something. So uh, for me, it was a no doubt. I think Penley is an incredible hitter from this era, but um, I mean, it's Stacey Newman. let's be honest. And uh, then moving on, I, I definitely had Bratz. I think uh, this was an interesting one too. Uh, both uh, Rivera and Bratz were four-time All-Americans, both catchers, both Pac-12 players of the year. So it was kind of like a, an interesting one, but I finally gave some love to like an Arizona Wildcat. So uh, definitely love Bratz on that one. Uh, and Kayla, I'm going to jump in. And um, I, I went the same way with Newman. Obviously, I pitched to her in the Olympics. So I, get to, I got to see her in the collegiate game. And she would hop back and forth to the international game. And you have to remember, what was impressive about her doing that is that she was playing the collegiate game at 43 feet. The Sydney Olympics were at 40 feet. And then she comes back and finishes her career at 43 feet for UCLA. Um, 90 home runs, a career batting average of 466. That is number seven all time. So we're not just talking about her ability to hit the long ball, um, which is obviously what this is all about, the, the greatest slugger. But she was a slugger with an elite 
highly, highly elite batting average, which, which is just impressive. And then we've talked about uh, being a catcher as well. She wasn't just a defensive catcher. She was a very offensive um, minded catcher, but very good behind the dish. And um, so that's why I went with her. Penley, of course, was very strong for Oklahoma. We got to watch her in quite a few world series and see what she did. But again, you're going up against Stacey Newman. Um, so your chances are just obviously not so good. So, um, and then for Rivera and Bratz, I, I actually pitched to Kristen Rivera for a couple of years in the Japanese professional league um, for three years. I saw her hit with tremendous amount of power, four time all American, as you were talking about Kayla. Um, I love what she did for Washington hit in a very different environment than Bratz did in Arizona. So then you, if you really wanted to dig deep, you could be like, well, how many of her home runs or how many of the Arizona home run hitters hit their home runs at home. What were, how many, what percentage of their home runs did they hit on the road? There's so many different wormholes. You could, you could kind of dive down when looking at this, but with Bratz, I just love the fact that she is air versus Pacific air wormhole. Is that the wormhole you're in right now? I'm just, what? Yes. Yes. That wormhole. (laughs) In 30 seconds or less, explain the science of where your brain is right now. Well, you know, it's humidity, and, and uh, Dr. Moens, when we were out in Arizona, we, t- we talked about the why are there so many good home run hitters in Arizona. Obviously, it's the coaching, but it's also because of the air. It's thinner. You have a little bit of altitude involved, and, and um, the ball just seems to, to lift. So, Bratz with 25 home runs in her senior year, 21 in her junior year, I did um, advance her on. But uh, this was, this was um, it was fun to kind of dissecting to get into all this or wormhole into all this. <laughs> so, I don't know about you, but when I was looking through this entire bracket and looking at these numbers, the numbers alone scared me of the players that I didn't get to see play in person or I didn't play against. So when I'm looking at Stacey Newman's numbers and then also Bratt's numbers, like I, again, I must just must be like a sweating episode for me. I literally start to sweat thinking about having to face them. Newman hit 90 home runs and Jess was talking about OPS earlier and you thought Sierra Romero's was good, Stacey Newman's career OPS, drumroll please, 45, the highest one I think of the entire bracket, 1545. So while she had those 90 home runs, she walked 240 times. So think about the eye, the patience that she had to have at the plate, and not to mention if pitchers would have pitched to her, how many more home runs would she have hit? So I've moved on. Stacey Newman, Michelle, you said it too, 466 career average. She's out of this world. And I also moved on Bratz. Um, we've talked about her a lot, but her numbers just stuck out to me too. She led the nation in home runs and RBIs in two different years, in 97 and also in 98. All right. Out of the wormhole, everybody. How, what, what did we think? Newman and then Bratz, the, uh, the clubhouse leaders here. Is there not any way that we're just going to skip ahead to the Newman-Chamberlain matchup? Or are we going to really – I'm just being honest. When is that? Newman wins 8-0 and Bratz advances 6-2. So there we are. We are down to uh, the quarterfinals. Eight sluggers remaining. Final matchups here in the Seven Innings Podcast, the greatest college softball slugger ever. Uh, Beth Mowens, Michelle Smith, Holly Rowe, Amanda Scarborough with you. Jessica Mendoza, Jen Schroeder, Jenny Dalton-Hill, Kayla Bro on hand. Your voters, uh, special shout-out to Kim the PR Superstar, Buzz Lightyear, Jersey Meg, J-Mac, Jory, Justine, and Bailey behind the scenes for us. Quarterfinal action. 
And we're starting in the Dottie Henson region final here. Lauren Chamberlain, the one seed, Kelly Crutchman, the three seed. And, bro, I know you have firsthand knowledge of uh, that uh, special weekend that Chamberlain went into the house that Crutch built, the Rhodes House, for an epic super regional that uh, you guys were able to grab, although Chamberlain uh, put a scare in you. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously Kelly Crutchman has a special place in my heart because she's built the foundations for Alabama. But I think for a hitter like Lauren Chamberlain, and there's a huge gap between Stacey Newman and Lauren Chamberlain. It means it's really difficult to break the home run record. And what Chamberlain was able to do in her era where, you know, you're talking about parity growing in softball, facing elite pitchers all the time, I think, and being injured for like 25 games of her junior season, that's what separates Lauren Chamberlain for me. I mean, I played her. I know what it feels like to be in the outfield when she's up. It is scary. She is dangerous. She can hit pretty much any ball that's thrown to her inside the zone, outside of the zone, out. She's got a beautiful swing. And uh, like I said last week, I'm, I mean, you have to play at the warning shot. You're at the fence the whole time that you're facing somebody like Lauren Chamberlain. And I don't think that's the case when you're facing Kelly Crutchman. I have a, like a very quick Lauren Chamberlain story. So if we go back to her high school days, she actually quit softball. And it wasn't until her sophomore year when she became a part of the Firecracker organization, which is where I came from. So there's this whole group of girls who were committed very early in their eighth grade year. Howie Wilson, who was a star at Arizona, Kylie Lawners, who was a star at Washington. And, and Lauren Chamberlain comes onto this team uncommitted does not receive one Pac-10 or Pac-12 offer, does not receive one SEC offer at all, decides to go to Oklahoma, enters this team of all these girls who want, who are on Team USA's junior Olympic team, and she just starts having these incredible weekends. And I'll never forget, for those of you watching, Tony Rico goes, Tony Rico is the coach of the fire trackers. He goes, Jen, takes a piece of paper, crumbles it up. Jen, most people's home runs are like this and kind of hits it and he flails and he goes, Lauren Chamberlain's home runs are like this and like whacks a piece of paper, like 10 feet away from me telling me this story. And I'll never forget that because I think that's how everybody felt when she stepped in the box in her collegiate season. So it's just crazy that it doesn't really matter how your experience is or how you come up, but what she was able to do in her NCAA softball career is unparalleled to anybody else. And I believe the scale for that 10-foot paper ball is about 300 feet for the softball yeah. <laughs> over the fences. Uh, Lauren, Lauren Chamberlain, the top seed here, going to be tough to beat uh, against Kelly Crutchman, who was fabulous at Alabama. But Chamberlain is still the home run queen at 95, so I think we're going to move her on. And she advances 8 nothing into the semifinals. Who will she face there? Will it be Laura Espinosa or our very own, now Hill, but back in those days, Jenny Dalton, your teammate, your your mate in the lineup out at Arizona going head-to-head, Jenny. You're, and when it comes to how did practice go at Arizona while Laura and me and Leah Bratz were all on the same team at the same time, this was not a team of feel-good, go-home-feel-good-about-yourself kind of moments. I mean, when you played at Arizona in the 90s, you always had someone clawing at your heels or right at your back. These were not practices where you left feeling good about yourself. And Coach Andrea had his hands full with so many competitive athletes playing at one time, trying to get not only a starting spot in the lineup, but also 
a national championship. There was nothing less than a national championship that was expected at Arizona during those years. And so for us, I'm not going to lie, but there were times that an ambulance would show up at practice that didn't have to do with softball injuries. So we were a competitive group. (laughs) Batting practice was like a home run derby. If Laura stepped in, she'd hit 10, and my job would be to hit 11. And then Leah would get in, and if she didn't hit 12, she was mad at both of us for the rest of the practice. I mean, it it was knockdown, drag out every single day. But in this situation, I hit in front of Laura, and Laura protected me, but Leah Bratz hit behind Laura, and that protected Laura. And so I say... I don't think Coach Candre would ever pick anyone to be the ultimate slugger at Arizona. But when it comes right down to it, where he put us in the lineup tells you who it was during that time. And he put Laura in the middle of the other two home run hitters. And so for me, that's Laura Espinosa. Laura Espinosa is the slugger to be in this one. Wow. Did you get any punches in? Like, I need to know. Like. <laughs> Where was Jenny in these brawls, like headlock, like slamming? Like I usually was the instigator because you know, when you're running sprints or when you're doing a drill, if you're cheating the drill, I'd get so mad that I'd call you out on it. I was not one that would just let it go. So if, if, if you're just going through your swings off a tee and not putting effort into it, I'd be like, look, are you trying to get better? Or are you just wasting my time? And so I would start it and stir it, and then the whistle would blow and we'd move on. So... Did you pull anyone's hair? Be honest. Yes or no? No, I did not. Wow. Others did. <laughs> I said, I smell a book out of this. I smell a book. Uh, the I other thing it. too, little, quick little history lesson, as you know, you also had slappers uh, yeah. that were competing for the top spot in your order. And you had, that was a run of like uh, Susie Parra and Nancy Evans and Carrie Dolan. And you had a group of pitchers there that all wanted to be the ace of the staff, right? Right. And I will tell you, one of the people that you just mentioned that threw in the circle got left at the airport before the national or before the college world series. So it was, and it wasn't for competitive reasons. It was um, a lot of stuff that matched up, but yeah, this broke a team rule. Sorry. (laughs) I'm remembering this. Yeah. That that was Coach Candre. I remember that. Like just being like the best coach because he left one of his best players at home because they were in trouble. Well, and here's another little tidbit that nobody really knows. My freshman year at the College World Series, Laura was a sophomore, I was a freshman. I blew out my ankle before the World Series began and sat up on the hill in the training room the entire series. Coach Candrea came to me before the national championship game and said, can you play shortstop? I said, yes, sir. I took the field for short at short in front of Laura Espinosa, and she did not play the national championship game in 1993. Wow. And you still voted for her right now? I don't want to get beat up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole nother show. We're doing that 30 for 30. We have Wildcat Queen. By the way, if you're wondering um, how this all turned out, you, you do need to check out the history of the game. But back in the 90s, um, that was four national championships in five years. And, of course, the fifth year was the controversial vacated season. So all that competitive fire and practice turned out to some unbelievable results on the field. Uh, but uh, Laura Espinosa is moving on, gang, and she will face 
Stacy, uh, uh, she will face Lauren Chamberlain in one of the semifinals, Chamberlain and Espinoza. Let's move down to the other side of the bracket right now. Sierra Romero and Stacy Chambers. I, I gotta love Romero just because she's got her own home run call, Holly. She's got the rom bomb. Uh, but Stacy Chambers has some amazing numbers too out in the desert. Okay, so so Sierra, you know I love you. You know I appreciate you and I respect you. However, I voted for Stacy in this category, and and one of the reasons I did is I, I just thought that she was more powerful at the plate. I, I just thought when she stepped into the box, she had a little bit different power. You know, Sierra at five five had a lot of home run power, but Stacy Chambers was five eleven. She had a presence in the box. Um, I just think if you're looking at who was the better hitter, if you put the two of them side by side, I think Chambers had that power and was a great hitter. I did give her a little baby point for being a catcher. And then again, you know, even though they didn't win a national, neither one of them won a national championship. Um, I, I do think that Stacy was good in big moments for home runs in the women's college world series. Yeah. yeah well, well, go ahead, Smitty. Well, I was going to say real quick, uh, one of the reasons I went with uh, Romero, and I and I love Chambers, I love everything that um, she did, number four in home runs with 87, but when I started really digging into Romero, and she's probably the one of the one number one seed that was like, hmm, could she have been a two seed or a three seed? Um, were there other people maybe that could be a better one seed? But the one thing I like about Romero is that she still leads the country with 11 grand slams. So even though she had that slight build at five foot five, she didn't look like that prototypical slugger. She still was able to get it done. We talked Jess earlier about her swagger and her ability to just, you know, move the game just with the way she walked on the field. Um, But those 11 grand slams to me are a big point of what she did on top of top 10, 82 home runs uh, in her career. Very quickly, Michelle, and I don't mean to be a sister homer, but um, I've actually emailed the SID at Arkansas because my sister Nicole had 12 and they didn't submit it to the NCAA. So that she is not the Grand Slam leader. And <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> NCAA update alert. NCAA update alert. Uh, I, 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 text, I came in the other week. How do you not submit that? This. So What's going I, on, Arkansas? I know. <laughs> I think I was the only person that voted for Stacey Chambers over Sierra. And I, I definitely think Sierra, this was neck and neck for me. I think this was an impossible one to choose. But I'm just curious, you know, we talked about the good pitching debate with Kelly Kretschmann and Katiana Malga. Is, is, do you think Chambers faced better pitching than Sierra Romero? Yes, no doubt. Absolutely. I and I, yeah. But I, I don't think this was close in my opinion. And And this is just watching them. I mean, my eyeball test was, I never feared Chambers. I thought she was a great hitter. And we're (laughs) we're down to the final eight right now. So, I mean, this is the best of the best in all of college softball. We all know that. But to me, Romero was a whole nother level above Chambers when she got in that batter's box. And remember, Chambers would crowd the plate. She had a weakness. There was a side of the plate she could not hit. There were things about her that I felt like you could get her out. Romero, I mean, if she was healthy... There wasn't a better hitter in the country, and I'd still put her up against anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and Stacy Chambers is really one of the great what-ifs in uh, championship series history. If Langenfeld doesn't hit that eighth-inning home run, Holly, as you referenced, Stacy Chambers had three home runs in that championship series and was well on her way to MVP honors, but it went the other way with the UCLA Bruins. Sierra Romero, the one seed, is advancing. She is into the semifinals, and who will she face? 
Stacy Newman or Leah Bratz. Two of the greatest sluggers in college history, two of the greatest sluggers in Pac-12 history. Uh, Newman had the uh, edge in home runs. Bratz was right there. She gets that extra half point from Holly for being a catcher, but also Stacy gets the extra half point there for being a catcher as well. Who wants to take us down this wormhole? Smitty? Okay, I'll, I'll keep digging. Um, so for me, I, I have to go with Stacey Newman. And maybe it's, again, I'm a little bit of a homer because she was my teammate on the 2000 Olympic team. But she's just a complete ball player. She's complete defensively, one of the best fundamental catchers. And I know this is about the slugger. Best batting averages, top 10 in the entire NCAA. A lot of times you talk about that number, top 10 batting average. You're talking about a slapper. You're talking about someone who was just, you know, hitting – putting it in play and running down that baseline. But the fact that she had those 90 home runs, she held that record for 13 years against Pac-12 mm-hmm. pitching. For me, Stacy Newman is just your prototypical slugger that you want in that three or four spot for your team to hit the long ball to win you games. National champion, Olympic gold medalist. So Stacy Newman is the winner of that one for me. All right, Stacy Newman's going to move on here and grab that last spot in the semifinals. So here we go. Four players remain. The greatest collegiate softball slugger in history. Lauren Chamberlain and Laura Espinoza. And then in the other semifinal, Sierra Romero against Stacey Newman. One thing when I look at these four names, guys, as we get started, we'll we'll go Chamberlain and Espinoza here. These were players that you, in the dugout, the coaching staff, in the stands, in the broadcast booth, you always knew where they were in the lineup. How, how many more outs did we need before she was coming up? How do we play, uh, you know, pitch to the three people in front of her? And these guys all had that quality. And, and Michelle and Jess, uh, you, we can speak to this in the booth. You knew when they were in the batters, uh, in, in the on-deck circle, that it was time to lay out because they were coming up and you wanted to make sure that all attention and all eyes were on her striding the play. We'd be in the, in our uh, talk back saying, Hey, don't forget Mr. Producer, Mrs. Producer, uh, Newman's coming up. Chamberlain's coming up. Holly, you want to start this uh, rolling? Who's going to go on to the finals? Chamberlain. No question. Newman. No question in my mind. This is a no brainer. We've been going through this the whole time. And in my mind, I just keep going, Chamberlain Newman, Chamberlain Newman, Chamberlain Newman. Like, hello, people. There's no question. Smitty? Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with Chamberlain Newman. I wanted to go Espinosa because there's a 20-year gap between Chamberlain and Espinosa, and just because of all the things we've talked about, but I can't. you got to go with Chamberlain. She's the, the current home run leader. What do we think, gang? Are we all good with moving on Chamberlain and Newman? Let's start this discussion. All right, we're into the finals. Lauren Chamberlain and Stacey Newman. The two home run queens uh, for a long time, Nuvi had it, then Chamberlain took it. And why don't we start out with you, Jessica Mendoza, Chamberlain and Nuvman, where are we going? In the finals, the greatest collegiate slugger of all time. I got Nuvman, and, and this was hard. I get Chamberlain has the record, and what are we talking about here? I mean, these are the two best hitters in college softball. Like, it's not that someone is so much better and that we could really dive in. And you could say I'm biased. I mean, I love, I'm very close with Stacy. Has nothing to do with that. I 
watch both of these players play, and Stacy Newman had something just to me that was at another level. And I always felt like in playing with her, because she was a catcher, she understood the opposing pitching. So we've talked about her numbers, talked about everything else. I would pick her brain all the time because she knew what the pitcher's tendencies were. A lot of times she had caught that pitcher. She had a little bit of an advantage. She was a smart hitter. And that's something beyond her strength, beyond her bat speed, all of that, that I felt like if you go head-to-head, movement's a winner. Throw in the know. Where are you going to go? I have to echo everything that Jess just said. You know, this is tough. This is very hard because I think these are the two best hitters in NCAA history. And Lauren Chamberlain's the popular one. She's going to get the votes on social media. She's going to be the one that fans would vote for. But when you really look at both of them as hitters, to me, Stacey Newman was the most complete slugger from what she was able to do, not just home runs, but OPS with setting record upon record. And then, of course, the type of pitching that she faced when the Pac-10 at that time was the best conference, no doubt. I just have to give it to her. Uh, I, I, I just I have to go with Newman. To me, she's the greatest of all time. All right. Scarborough? Yeah, I have Newman, too. And I think that Jen hit the nail on the head. This is what I've been thinking about when I've been moving players on. And I kind of thought that it was coming to a Chamberlain-Newman matchup is – the pitching in the Big 12, which is where you're getting such a big chunk of your games in a season, is nowhere near the pitching that Newman faced in the Pac-12, especially uh, when Missouri, Nebraska, and whenever they left the Big 12, the Big 12 went down. So you think about where the, the landscape that, uh, that Chamberlain did it in, and I, I just would have to pick Newman just based off of that because they're such great hitters, both of them. So much power. All right. Jenny? When I think about um, Lauren Chamberlain, I think about Patty Gasso talking about how she would take an injured Lauren Chamberlain over a healthy two-legged hitter any day. But when it comes to this matchup, you guys have hit the nail on the head. It comes down to greatest slugger of all time. I played right before the era of Stacey Newman, and she was a hitter that I was – or she was a player I was grateful I didn't have to play defense against. She hit the ball so hard. So while it pains me to vote for a Bruin, sorry, Jen, <laughs> I have to vote for Stacey Newman. I think Lauren Chamberlain was phenomenal. She was able to do so much, and she did play hurt for part of her career and still able to capture that record. So she is an unbelievable hitter that was able to do so much on a broken bum leg. But Stacey Newman was a hitter that when we talk about what does a slugger do for our feelings – that's one that I would fear. And I am grateful I was never a pitcher that had to throw to her. So I went with Stacey Newman. What you got, Caleb, bro? Uh, I, I mean, I think you guys are all correct. I think Newman, um, it was special in her time. And I think for both of these hitters, Chamberlain also changed the game of softball in this modern era for us. I mean, she was the most well-known hitter. She put softball on the map for a little bit. Everybody was watching her chase that record. She had more media coverage than probably any other hitter that has played the game thus far. So I think that what Lauren Chamberlain did in this era was really special. And I think that she had one of the prettiest swings that I've ever seen. She could hit any any ball she wanted. She was a gamer at the plate. And I didn't have the opportunity to watch Stacey Newman, but I think where Stacey Newman gets – uh, that vote for greatest of all time is that she literally set the stage for the rest of us. I, I think she comes around and changes the game and sets it up for Lauren Chamberlain. And, you know, we always talk about records are meant to be broken. You need somebody that sets the stage for Chamberlain to come through later on. So 
greatest of all times, Newman. Ooh, all right, Michelle. Uh, I'm going to go with Newman as well. But one of the things when you look at both these hitters, they probably have more similarities than they do differences. They're both bad ball hitters. They were feared. People walk them. Um, they both hit for good average. Newman's average, I give her uh, the check mark. She's at a 466 career clip where uh, Lauren Chamberlain was at a 393 career clip. Um, one of the things that is interesting about Chamberlain, and maybe this whole dialogue is completely different if she does not sustain the injuries that she had, 60 home runs in her first two years. Let's say she continues those 30, 30 home runs in her junior and senior year. That's 120 home runs. There'd be no comparison. There'd be no dialogue. We would just have had this podcast and said, hey, Lauren Chamberlain's the greatest slugger of all time with 120 career home runs. It didn't play out that way. She still holds the record. But I think when you look at all things equally, Stacey Newman for me is definitely the uh, the top slugger in NCAA history. Holly Rowe? I find it interesting. I thought this was going to be a tie down the middle and we were going to have to have tiebreakers. And so I'm really intrigued that it was not as close as I thought it would be. Um, I love Lauren Chamberlain. I know she's going to kill us that we did not choose her in this because it's almost impossible to choose. But I chose Stacey Newman also because I have this very unique position at the Women's College World Series where I can be right, right next to the hitter, like 10 feet away from the hitter as they're in the batter's box. And I have been right there when Lauren hit a ball and when Stacy hit a ball. And I'm just telling you, it sounded different. I've stood behind Tiger Woods when he hit a golf ball. And it just reminds me of that sound where you know that they are special. And Stacy Newman, I believe, was the most feared. If I had to win a game, I would have put her in the batter's box. Because not only just from her physical skill... But I loved what somebody else had mentioned was that she thought the game, she knew pitchers. I think it was Jessica. And I would put her mentality and her mental toughness against anyone in the world. And I, I just think Stacey Newman, of course, this is my asterisk, asterisk category because I still think Crystal Bustos is maybe the best slugger of all time. Just getting that out there, Crystal. But in the collegiate game, in the collegiate numbers, obviously Stacey Newman and uh, it's a hard it's a hard pick because we know Lauren has the record and broke her record, but uh, I think Newman. Um, I've just been there in the batter's box when each of them is hit and felt the difference in the air. Yeah, they they, they were both such a treat to watch. I, I think of the NBA logo and and the outline of Jerry West is is the NBA logo, and, and if there was a NCAA softball logo, which I think is a pitcher, but if it was a hitter. I would immediately think of the swing of Stacey Newman. And just, you know, what you guys have been talking about, there was a collective holding of your breath. There was this anticipation when she stepped to the plate that you just, you weren't sure how far she was going to hit it, and you were hoping she was going to hit it farther than she had the last time. And so I, I would vote Stacey Newman as well here, just based on the fear factor and her ability to just smash it uh, like nobody else could in the college game. So there you have it, folks. The greatest college softball slugger of all time, Stacey Newman. Can I add one fun story about Absolutely. Stacey? Let's let's have a little let's have a little fun right here with this. Go ahead. Well, I just I just to give an idea of who these women are on a personal level, and I feel like we've heard some really good stories. The brawls, you know, some of the background. Um, I, I met Stacey when I was 14 years old, and we played in high school together. And 
I just remember, and we were in each other's weddings, like, I can't tell you, like, how even at that young age, and you got to understand, back then, there wasn't the technology, there wasn't the video, there wasn't all the stuff that we see now. She, we would walk around, you know, travel ball tournaments, right? And there's, like, 300 teams playing and players all over the place. And she would grab me in between the five games we were playing in a day. And I was a runt. I didn't even play that much. I was, like, total rookie, not very good. And she would point out tendencies of pitchers. She would point out just all kinds of things of the game. And it was amazing to me. And, of course, she's a coach now at San Diego State, so it doesn't surprise me just how smart she was. No one taught her that. She just instinctively knew that. And I just remember walking around going, are we going to get an ice cream cone soon? Or, like, you know, it's like your one time to grab a snack at the travel ball tournament. And instead she's like, come on, Rent, like, let's go. And she would, she took me under her wing at a very young age. I idolized her, like literally puppy dog. She was two years older than me, idolized her. Then we became best friends on the Olympic team. And then, like I said, in each other's weddings. But can you believe, like 14, 15 years old, she's dragging me around going, watch what this pitcher's foot will do on her back foot. That means a changeup's coming. Watch what this hitter's doing. And I was like, who is this woman? I had one little quick thing I wanted to share about Lauren too, to personalize her before we go is, you know, she's obviously one of the greatest hitters of all time, but I love how she's giving back. She's one of the only players that I know who has her own facility is she's built a facility there in Oklahoma. She's helping kids learn how to hit. Um, she invested in herself. She's a business person. And so I'm really proud of Lauren Chamberlain to be giving back to softball and to have that hitting facility. So check that out if you're in Oklahoma City. Lauren, I'm so proud of you. And um, thank you for giving back all of your talent and all of your time to this next generation. Hosting her own show on Major League Baseball mm-hmm. just announced yesterday, Stacked, which looks awesome and perfect for her and hosting all these awesome Major League Baseball players. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think the, the respect that the game showed to Lauren, I, I don't recall anybody ever talking about whether or not she was worthy the whole time she was chasing Stacy's record. Uh, th- there was no doubt about that. Stacy Newman is our greatest collegiate slugger of all time. Thanks so much for being a part of this on the seven innings podcast. We got a lot more fun stuff coming your way throughout the month of April and into May, including much more softball on your television. Look for that on the ESPN networks coming soon. And Beth, remember people who are mad that some of the pitchers like uh, Lisa Fernandez, some of those that weren't in this bracket, we have a pitchers who rake bracket coming up. So forget that whole thing. Well, I, I, I think is it too early to announce our number one seed so to to chew on? Here here are here are the, the possibilities right now, uh, including our very own Michelle Smith, pitcher who rakes. Um I, I think uh, Lisa Fernandez, right, would be a, a number one seed. Uh, Jenny, Lauren, Finch, you think? Jenny Finch and Lauren Hager, are those your four number one seeds, perhaps? Pitchers that rake? Coming soon to a Right, right to Seven Innings Podcast at Seven Innings Podcast on Twitter. Oh, if you yes. think you have a number one seed, Patrice Rake. at Seven Innings Podcast on your Twitter and your gram and all the other fun stuff. We'll see you next week.